This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey everyone, Tim Wright here. So glad to be with you once again for the Wonder Parenting Podcast, the brain science approach to parenting. Here as always with Dr. Michael Gurian. And today we have a question that we have taken off of our Facebook page. So if you have not yet joined us on Facebook, we have a Facebook group. It's by invitation only, which means that you go to Facebook, you do a search of Wonder of Parenting, and then you ask to join. And as soon as I get the notification, I let you in. And a lot of great conversation taking place there with other families, other parents, people from all over the world, by the way. Uh, and uh, so it's a really interesting group of parents uh, dealing with a lot of different issues and great resources. And every once in a while, there's a question on there that uh, has so much interest to it that we grab it and we use it for our podcast. Uh, so you can post questions there. You can also send your questions at wonderparenting.com, wonderparenting.com, and uh, we will get to them as soon as we can. Uh, so we've got some sponsors uh, who make this possible. But first, I want to start with an event that's going to be happening this summer, Michael, through the Green Institute. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we're both speaking at that. It's going to be in Phoenix. But for our listeners uh, from around the country and around the world, it's also going to be on Zoom. Uh, so if people go to gurianinstitute.com, G-U-R-I-A-N, gurianinstitute.com, uh, you know, you'll see a band at the very top that says Summer Institute, and you click that, and it takes you to the page. And this is, um, you know, it's two days, but it's actually more because of concurrent workshops, all of which will be available on Zoom. And um, so you have, like, I think it's 10 days or two weeks to watch them all. And we're talking about, it's going to add up to, what, about 18 or 19 different workshops that are going to be wow. of great value uh, to every parent out there. So go to greeninstitute.com on that one and see what you think. And you can just sign up at the bottom. Yep. Greeninstitute.com. And then, uh, as always, we've got our other two sponsors. We've got uh, the Center of Place of Hope up there in the Seattle area. And uh, Dr. Greg Jantz and his folks there, uh, as we say every time we're together with you, they do such important work uh, for people like us, people like me, people like you who go through stuff. And certainly the last two years, we've gone through stuff mm. and our anxiety has been heightened. Uh, life has been very, very different. A lot of upheaval and uh, certainly impacts families. And so if you ever just need someone to help get you through and you feel stuck, that's a great place to start. The one, the uh, Center, a place of hope up in the Seattle area. They not only have inpatient care, but they have so many good resources for you as well. And you can learn more about them at wonderparenting.com. And then uh, for, especially for boys, Embark, the Forge School, uh, they uh, do some great work with our boys. And Michael, tell us about that. Yep. Yeah. Go to wonderparenting.com and click that forge uh, icon there, that forge link, and you'll see all about the school. It's in Benton, Tennessee, which is rural on 55 acres. It's residential treatment for boys 14 to 17. Uh, great staff, great grounds, beautiful grounds, um, holistic food program. I mean, they're just leading edge in working with boys 
14 to 17 who are having issues. And it's, uh, you know, between one month and two months in that range, short, short-term treatment, uh, the Forge School or Embark at the Forge. So in our podcast last week, for those of you who listened sequentially, uh, the question was about boundaries. And it was about a young boy, seven years old, who was pushing boundaries. Uh, we have another question about boundaries, but this is radically different. This has to do with siblings. And it has to do with bodies and nudity. And uh, I just thought that this was a very interesting question. There was a lot of energy on, on this question on our Facebook page. So here we go. Hiya. I have a question regarding siblings and natural curiosity concerning their bodies. So some backstory. My three middle children, six-year-old boy, four-year-old girl, eight-year-old girl, share a bedroom. We have five children. My oldest boy is 10 and my youngest girl is 18 months. God bless you. Mm -hmm. They both have separate bedrooms for the purpose of making bedtime struggles easier. My baby is weaning from being EBF, which means. Oh, he's breastfeeding. Okay. Yep. She's breastfeeding. Yep. Yep. And is having a tough time through the nights. So needs the extra space. So she doesn't wake anyone. My oldest, of course, doesn't go to bed when the others do and usually stays up reading with a light that just keeps others awake. He also has some sensory issues and impulse control issues that just make sharing space with him hard. We've tried splitting up the boys and girls, but we only have four bedrooms and that makes it tricky to arrange them all to have space they need. This evening, I went into my middle's bedroom to find both my eight-year-old girl and my six-year-old boy naked in their own separate beds my four-year-old girl was sleeping. They both said they were just really hot. But when I asked my six-year-old boy whose idea it was to take off their clothes, he said his sister. When I asked, when asked if she showed him her body, he said yes. And when I asked my eight-year-old girl if that was true, she said yes, she did. She's having a hard time understanding why it is inappropriate behavior and why we must cover our private parts. These particular things have been frustrating for her for a few years now. She would get upset with me for saying she needed to wear a shirt when her older brother was uncomfortable with her trying to act like her brothers and have her shirt off when they were a little younger. I don't suspect she is sexualizing anything, but just naturally curious and taking advantage of her younger brother's curiosity as well. I don't suspect any sexual abuse or any exposure to anything inappropriate as we do homeschool and lockdowns and pandemics have made social, uh, as we do homeschool and lockdowns and pandemics have made social lives pretty hard to pursue. I don't want them to grow up afraid of their bodies or afraid of being naked, but I do want them to be able to respect boundaries and each other's bodies and space, even when I'm not in the room. How do I communicate these things with both my son and my daughter in an age-appropriate way? I tried, and I feel like I butchered my attempt, to explain to both of them that it was not okay and they need to keep their private parts covered even if they're hot. But the why is so hard for me to articulate. What is the why when we say our bodies are good and then we say sharing them is not okay? It seems so confusing for these little ones. I suppose now they do not seem so little anymore. And this was the reason I feel it is more important now to address than it was two years ago. I don't feel like it's feasible at the moment to change bedrooms around. But if it was necessary and if the advice is that that's the only solution, then I guess we'd figure it out. And maybe my oldest daughter would share with my youngest girl. All right. That's a very interesting question. And um, I am anxious to hear the wisdom of Dr. Michael Gurian <laughs> on this one. Yeah, you are you are uh, saying I have wisdom. 
This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> well, it's a great, it is a, a great question. Um, yep. And I think, you know, there are some, there are some bottom lines in a sense, maybe a bad pun, that this is kind of why people do have separate bedrooms, right? For boys and girls, because then they just, uh, it just takes this whole stress out. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think that at some point soon, and I say that because the girl is eight, so <clears throat> she's going to be moving into pre-puberty, yeah. you know, you don't know when it'll happen for her. It's coming younger for kids these days, you know, but certainly nine, 10, uh, so, uh, I think they got to look at how to get the boys and the girls in their own bedrooms, but they're saying it's not feasible now. So let's deal with it, live with it now. Um, yes, we've talked before about the fact that, that the body, right. The nude body is a beautiful thing. We're trying to protect kids from the sexualizing part. Um, but the body is the body and it's, it's not sex. It's just the body. And it's, we adults who sexualize that body. Um, and it's our media and our imagery and you're right. It, because for us, the body is sexualized, but for a six-year-old, the body may have no sexualization to it at all. So, um, it, there, she's probably right that there's no sexual abuse. There's no, you know, it's just, these are their bodies. They're kind of curious about them and they get really hot and, um, they take their clothes off. And if no one's sexualized yet, then, then fair enough. Um, <clears throat> But mom, you know, mom and dad say so. That that's enough. There's not really much else the parents have to say about about this. Uh, you have to keep your underwear on. Why? Because we said so. <laughs> you have mm -hmm. to keep your underwear on. You know, and you can't you can't be a female. Although she stopped doing this, but you can't be a girl at eight and go shirtless out on the playground. Mm -hmm. It is not allowed. Cause we said so. Right. And so some of this, they're just going to have to handle, um, uh, if they can't explain it to them, the sex part, then they just handle it as these are the rules. When they get to the point where they can explain it to them. Uh, I think the eight year old's probably old enough and who knows, maybe the six year old too, um, where they can make the distinction between sex slash private parts and body and the heat, the body is experiencing and all that, you know, but, but that the sex and the private parts, the private parts have to take priority and covering the private parts have to take priority. And here's why, because they're sexual organs, you know, and all of that. Um, I think they're almost there. And then at that point, they explain it and they say, this is, this is what sex is. And you, these are the organs used for sex. So they are covered and uh, you don't uncover them for each other. It's mm -hmm. not appropriate. 
and it can lead to uh, down a bad path. We don't like it. We don't want it. You know, whatever is the language they're going to use. Um, I think they're, uh, I think they're going to have to go through that because right now they're not able to separate them. But if they would, if they could have the boys and the girls in separate bedrooms, I think a lot of this goes away. How much of this is cultural and American issues say maybe in other societies where families tend to share the same room for many, many years and so on. Is there a cultural element to this or is this just human biology? Yeah, we, we have talked about that. Yeah. There are, there are every culture is different. America tends to be the most puritanical and, and we are for whatever reasons, we've got all sorts of history behind it, really scared of the naked body or we, Oh, we, we make the naked body always into sex and mm-hmm. that's part of our puritanism. And so, so we, you know, um, it took a while for TV shows to even show uh, like only in the last year or two, I think can, can show, can uh, programs show male nudity, female, female was allowed, right. For the last maybe 20 years, but guys, you weren't allowed to see guys frontal. And now I just read that they are starting because of the streaming services being sort of more realistic art. They're using more guys frontal, but they're making the guys still wear prosthetic organs mm-hmm. So we're so there is a lot of Puritanism here, and there isn't as much of it in in Europe, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and so that is a factor. Uh, but I but I think at ages eight and six, a boy and a girl at age eight and six wanting to go nude a lot, you know, there's no way they can't be looking at each other trying to figure stuff out. So I think it's appropriate at eight and six. Yeah for this conversation yeah. and she's really smart. She doesn't want to shame the kids or anything like that. That's really right. smart of her. Cause it's just their bodies. I mean, they shouldn't be shamed for it, right. uh, but it's going to, it's going to be the biological explanation. The eight year old. Absolutely. Again, I want to reiterate, I'm guessing her maturity level is she can understand uh, sexuality, the birds and the bees. Right. Um, Six year old. I don't know. Uh, but once the birds and the bees conversation happens, that's the why, you know, um, uh, and then for the six-year-old, if the eight-year-old is the one instigating a lot of this, if we get her to stop, right, then the six-year-old will drift away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it 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 is an interesting dance that that parents need to do, and she's certainly bringing this up. Of on the one hand, saying your body is beautiful, this is the way you are created, whatever language you want to use. But at the same time, be able to, even at young ages, begin to say our bodies have differences and we need to be modest, We need whatever language you want to use. And it does bring up the why question. Well, if my body's beautiful, why do I need to cover it up, right? So those are really tough conversations Mm -hmm. to have with with children who don't think in the abstract. Um, And uh, But I know that one of the things that you advocate is... Uh, doing sex talks earlier in kids' lives that are age appropriate uh, to to help them begin to understand. Okay, you know, even if it's just talking about their bodies and caring for their bodies and so on and so forth, so that these conversations can happen uh, as the kids are growing up. Versus that, okay, it's time for the SEX talk, and right. kids are just absolutely grossed out, you know, because they had no prior warning. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that the, the kind of the age appropriate, you know, people sort of were looking at having these talks with like nine year olds, 10 year olds, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. And that's part of why the schools are trying to do more sex ed. And I know some people react badly to that, and but a lot of the parents aren't doing it. 
and right. and really the kids should have sex ed by by nine certainly um nine ten unless they're very immature there's something else going on um and and it's because you know they're gonna the girls are gonna start to menstruate the guys are gonna start to have wet dreams you gotta you gotta have these sex talks with them and get them to understand it and and help them understand it as biology i know that some people are afraid okay if we have the sex talk with them at eight or nine that they're going more likely to go out and be promiscuous and that's part of that puritanical fear it's not correct there's no evidence for it there never will be um in fact they'll be more grossed out you know they're they're if they're going to find it more intimidating you know they're not going to want to go do it they they may at some point play doctor you know they got all these siblings that's possible but that's not really going to be sexual abuse uh you know we're gonna we're gonna ground them we're gonna say that's wrong because they they should not be touching Mm -hmm. the other sexist private parts absolutely so they're going to get in trouble for it but it's not going to be sexual abuse it's going to be generally what it's going to be is kind of experimental trying to understand the biology all that because they happen to have siblings who are the other sex and 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 a lot of that is within the range of normal. It's when we don't have these talks with them early right. enough. And then they, you know, they develop a mystique around it and there's, they, they don't really understand it. And they, um, it's better if they know uh, they're better prepared. So uh, when it is appropriate, I absolutely, we certainly talk to our girls by nine. We have two girls. Yeah. We absolutely told them everything by nine, you know, and um and they were fine with it and neither of them, you know, became promiscuous. It's just not, that's not the formula. The better formula is to be more science oriented, be more biologically oriented for a family like this, with these five kids, the thing is that they, they, they wouldn't have to, I don't think have this talk yet if they weren't sharing, you know, the bedroom. Sure. So that's sure. why I still think the structural change is going to help a lot. Yeah. Is there a little bit of a brain difference in the way that boys respond, say the six-year-old responds to a naked girl's body versus the way a naked girl responds or a girl responds to a naked boy's body. For example, we know that partly the way that boys respond is through the visual. Mm -hmm. And when they see a naked body, they may have a, a naked girl's body. They may have a different reaction than say a girl looking at a man's body. Um, is there is there a difference that parents want to be aware of in talking about boy, with boys about girls and girls about boys, or well, at, at that point age, are they pretty equal? Yeah, at this age, um, I mean, I think they would have a sex appropriate visual apprehension of it because they're male; they're looking at someone who's female, and so they're it's going to process for them as I'm a guy, I see something different right. than me. I wonder what that is, you know. Girl, the same way. I'm a girl; I see something different on him than me. But I think at eight and six, uh, um, I don't, certainly the six-year-old, I don't think there'd be any sexualization yet. Um, uh, I, I think it's possible that if they stayed in this situation for another three months or six months or nine months or 12 months, you know, that some of this could start becoming experimental. If he accidentally gets an erection, he's young, he's six, you know, probably not, but uh, you could still get erections at very young ages. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um uh, if she, if they get to the point where they go, well, you know, our bodies are okay. I'm going to touch your body, you know, to see mm-hmm. what that's like. Uh, that, that's why, again, I, then maybe it gets sexualized and then maybe the visual apprehensions alter toward the sexualization of each other. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable. 
with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Uh, from what she said, what this mom said, it doesn't sound like she just keeps saying there's nothing sexual yet. But I, I but I just think, uh, you know, I just think six months or eight months of this and the girl turns nine. Uh, I, I do think it's going to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boy turns seven. He has a wet dream or ter- he turns eight. He has a wet dream. You know, then I think it moves. Yeah. And as her body begins to develop a more womanly figure. Right. Uh, you know, th- that's hard not to notice as well. And um, uh, yeah, it's it's such good wisdom. Do you, I know one of the questions on Facebook, and so this, I'm throwing you a little bit of a curveball here. Oh, I like uh, it. There have, there have been some questions about books that people, rec- my, are, are, do you have any books that my kids could read about their bodies? Have you, are, are you aware of resources that would be helpful for parents to give to their kids and or for parents to read to help them with their kids. Hmm. Well, I wrote with our Gurn Institute team a couple books um, for 10 to 13 year olds. Hmm. Uh, They're about 20 years old, but it's all universal. You know, it's all the biological sure. and all that. And um, they're the, they were the plugged in series that Put- Putnam was doing at that time. And they're on, I think they're still on Amazon. One was called Understanding Boys, which was for the girls, and then one was called Boy to Men, uh, from Boy Boys to Men, uh, mm-hmm. which was for the ten-year-old boys. Um, and so, so in the, on the male-oriented side of it, I, I would recommend those because I know those. I, I wrote those. Um, pure female. When we were raising our daughters, so I don't know right now of one particular book because, of course, my kids are so long ago grown. Um, but I remember there were a lot of resources available mm-hmm. and they were, you know, they all were good in their own way. So I think if a parent goes to um, Amazon or, or just plugs it into Google and has sees 10 options, I, I, you know, for this level of conversation with these kids, pretty much any any good resource is going to be a good yep. resource. Yep. They don't have to be too picky. Um, they just want to get the good information. The only thing they might look at in it is you know, get it ahead of time and just make sure there's nothing in it. They don't really, really sure. disagree with. Yeah. But I think yeah. they're all going to be pretty much in the center. So I'll give you an example of that. Uh, years ago, um, I was in uh, the uh, youth group at church and my parents were the leaders and mm. uh, they had some, uh, and this was a pretty conservative church, which is kind of surprising looking back, but they wanted my parents to do kind of a, a sex ed thing with the the kids, the students. And this is back in the, nobody listening to this show will understand what I'm talking about, but this was a, with a film strip. All right. So a film strip were pictures that you would put into kind of a camera and project them on the screen and you would manly move to the next picture. So it was, it was like a movie only it was a still. Okay. So Michael right. would know what a film strip is. I do. Is. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it was, it was about a boy who has wet dreams mm. and the boy's name was Timmy. So my parents were concerned right away. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, here's our son, Tim, and we're talking about a boy named Timmy having a wet dream. And then the picture was of a boy who had a wet dream and his entire blanket was covered. Well, what? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, wow. there's nothing, you know, so, 
Uh, those are the things that you you sort of want to be aware of, I think. You want to be, is it something in there that isn't quite biologically correct? Something that won't embarrass you or your kids? Um, but but you just, you, you trigger a memory for me of why it is important <laughs> sort of to do some pre-screening. And my parents were wise enough to do that. And uh, they showed me the film strip and nobody else. So... Oh my uh, gosh! How old that, were you? Because yeah. you're the oldest oh, in your family. Yeah, right? I was probably um, uh, probably early junior high, maybe. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now I want to go off on a tangent just a little bit because okay. again, I I know every family's a little different. What about kids seeing their parents naked? Uh, yeah, again, not a big deal, you know. Uh, in fact, I, I'm quite supportive of it. I mean, I think. From very early on, it's it's a good thing for everyone to see each other's bodies. It's all biological, you know, continuing the same conversation. All that's great. Um, uh, it it takes it makes life more real, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm not that the, I'm sure the parents are not going to be walking around nude all day. But if don't worry if your kid sees you naked. I mean, not a okay. big deal. And if you know the mom may worry. Okay, but my son saw me naked. Does that create? all sorts of weirdness for him. If you talk about it, it's generally not going to, mm. um, because it's the body and, you know, he already knows his mom has a body, so he just happens to have seen it. And the same with father and daughter. Um, uh, it, it, you don't have to pursue it though. I mean, if it happens by accident and now these kids are like tweens or teens, you know, and they're quite embarrassed, uh, it doesn't need to really be pursued. You can just say, Hey, mm-hmm. come to me. If you want to talk about it, sorry about that. You know, I know that can mm-hmm. be embarrassing. Let's talk. And then maybe the kid works it out. So you don't need to do anything with it. If if the child sees the parents having sex or sees, and this would be especially for the dad, uh, sees and you know the dad has an erection, something like that. And you know, that's gonna be an accidental thing, mm-hmm. uh, that ought to get discussed, you know, mm-hmm. because that's gonna be confusing. And um, and so that needs to get discussed. Honest conversation, you happen to see us having sex, you know what sex is parents have sex, you know, and sorry about that. But I remember you and I've talked about modern family, which, you know, I find, I Mm -hmm. find so hilarious. I just think it's a great TV show and just covers so many issues. And they had, maybe it's 10 years ago or eight years ago, they had an episode where the three kids walked in on the mom and dad who were having sex. And they did a priceless job of that Mm because the kids were really, you know, were embarrassed as would be logical. And so were the parents. And so then the kids all made the decision. They were just going to nod, kind of nod when the parents came to talk to them about it. And so they did, you know, the parents Mm -hmm. talked to them about it and the kids were, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And they didn't really listen to what the parents were saying. And I thought, yeah, that's probably pretty appropriate because it is quite embarrassing. So yeah, the body's great. Don't worry if you show your kids your body. Um, Obviously, you know, give me appropriate, not sexualized. And if sex happens, explain it to them, talk mm-hmm. about it, or I'm sorry, if they see sex and that's what happens, mm-hmm. explain it to them, talk to them about it, make some jokes about it. Well, how do you think you came into the world? You know, make it so that it's just sort of something funny and then sure. move on. So in that regard, then, um, this is, this almost sounds a little bit like, you know, if I happen to see, I walk in on mom and she's just getting out of the shower and psh, I'm out the door fast, you know, because <laughs> that's, that's probably what will happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. But in terms of say mom or dad, they just kind of walk around naked once in a while. Is that okay? I, I know some family dynamics, that's probably okay, but generally speaking, modesty for the most part, or does it depend on family? 
Well, uh, you know, it's very interesting. I mean, uh, you go to Europe and there's kids who yeah. are raised in nudist colonies. There's kids who go to nude beaches all the time and see their parents naked and everyone else naked. So, yeah, there's cultural stuff to this. Um, uh, I I think in the U.S., it's kind of the way we're set up. It's improbable that parents are going to walk around naked in their home a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think it, there's just too much peer pressure away from that. And it's, and it, if they are doing that, then, then they ought to probably stop doing that when the kids get beyond the six to eight age group. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause at a certain point, it just is going to be confusing. Um, but that said, there's kids who turn out real well and their parents were yep. nudists. So I, yeah, I, think you can make a case both ways i would just fall on the side of i like teaching modesty i think i think teaching modesty to kids is protective Hmm. so uh, it is one of those things they learn that protect them in the future like they learn some modesty so they don't so they don't dress in a way at 14 or 15 that's going to put like a girl that's going to put her at risk you know, mm-hmm. where she's wearing mini skirts and, you know, she could be at risk. There are bad men out there. Mm-hmm. She could be at risk. I'd rather she dressed, learn to be more modest. And then later, you know, when she's more empowered and more independent, if she wants to wear this other clothing, okay. But while I'm raising her, you know, I think I want to teach her modesty. And therefore I, as parent, I got to practice modesty too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think modesty is a good thing to teach, but yeah. I don't, I don't think parents who are nude ruin their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is all really good stuff. We we obviously here in the United States, you talked about it. We've got that Puritan background. We also have a real issue in our culture, though, of highly sexualizing sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sort right. of got these two competing things Big happening yep. and our kids are trying to navigate their way through. So uh, I thank you to, uh, you know, the mom who wrote in about this question. It was a really good one and uh, hope it's been helpful for you. And uh, Michael, thank you so much for your insights. Hey, yeah, thank I do want to also thank the very brave question. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. And thank you, Tim. Thanks, everyone. Yep. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back with you next time. The Wonder of Parenting Podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. Have a great week.